Hi. Did you think I would be back so soon? It hasn't even been three years. Oh my god. Listen, I did tell y'all that I was going to pre-record and I was really excited about this and I've been trying for a really long time to bring this back. So I am ambitious. I've got a lot going on, but I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. So here we are. First things first, please rate and review. It helps me out a lot, especially since I went on a three-year hiatus and nobody has reviewed this podcast in about two years. It would help a lot. I would love you forever. I don't have any stickers still. So, once I get stickers, I'll mail you a sticker. And until then, you have my undying love if you rate and review the podcast. Thank you so much. Let's talk about coffee. Okay, so um, I used to listen to true crime podcasts a lot. And this one true crime podcast, which I will not name because they turned out to be terrible people, like most true crime podcasters are. Sorry to tell you. It's very unethical. I've stopped listening to all True Crime podcasts. Anyway, um, <laughs> one of their ads was for this coffee company called, I'm going to butcher the name. Hold on. I think it's Come Tier. It's C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R. Just type that in to Google. Anyway, they make these little tiny pods. They kind of look like Keurig cups, except it's like freeze-dried, like frozen pre-brewed coffee concentrate. I don't know. It's just kind of like convenient for those days where like I wake up and like I haven't made coffee because I've been doing this thing where I just like I have just been making batches of cold brew concentrate for like a week, a week and a half. That's usually how long it lasts me. So like if I forget to do that and I don't have any coffee and I don't have any coffee grinds to like brew a pot of coffee then I just have these like little pods in my freezer and I take it out and I pop the little pod in some boiling water to let it defrost or like I let it sit on my counter for like half an hour to defrost and then I put it in some water to dilute it and I make a little ice latte and it's good. It's good coffee. There's some good brands in there. Like I think Counterculture is in there and Intelligentsia is in there and it's good coffee and I really like it. I don't remember the brand that I have right now in my freezer. I got the starter pack and it's all been really good. So I, you guys, if you listen to any episode, you know, my critiques are, it's good. It's good coffee. It's good coffee and it's strong. So if I have like a big tumbler that's like holds 20 ounces, maybe I'll put two pods in there. But if I'm just doing a mug of coffee, one pod cuts it. It's expensive though. So, like, it's not something that I'm doing every single day because it's, it's expensive. It's up there. Um, but it is a nice little treat for myself. And so it's typically, like, a weekend thing for me. Um, but it's, it's good. It's good coffee. I like it a lot. It's pretty strong. You, you have to dilute it with water. Like, it's very strong. It's very concentrated. All right. 
So let's get into the dog stuff. So when I am out working with dogs, I want to say 99% of the time, I do not let strangers interact with my dogs in any way. You are more than welcome to have a conversation with me while I am working my dogs. But honestly, I don't even want you looking at them. The eye contact is too much pressure. Standing so close to them is too much pressure. Especially if my dog is anxious around other people. You being that close to them, they don't like it. Now I can work my dog and get them comfortable with you being that close to them. But when you're crouching down and staring at them, no fuck off. You can leave. Um... But I really don't like strangers interacting with my dogs. And I'm going to get into two scenarios or two differing kind of personalities with dogs and why I don't let people interact with dogs. But really, I just don't know strangers and I don't want you interacting with my dogs. So, like, you can fuck off. Um, (laughs) But really, I'm really, really passionate about advocating for your dogs. Mostly because, like... I have found so much power and so much confidence within myself learning how to tell people no. I've been a people pleaser my whole life. A lot of it is, like, honestly a trauma response, but a lot of it is also just being, like, socialized as a woman in America. Like, you're just, like, raised to always please other people. Always saying yes. Always making sure that other people feel comfortable. So learning how to say no, one, it makes my relationships with the dogs that I work with so much stronger because these dogs realize that I'm not going to put them in uncomfortable situations. Um, And two, it just makes me feel like, great, like, oh, like, I also don't have to be uncomfortable just to make other people uncomfortable. And there's so much power in saying no, Oh my god, it's great. And also, I just, I don't know, it's such a big part of training, especially a reactive dog, learning how to advocate for yourself and for your dog. And so I'm incredibly passionate about it. I love talking about it. I could literally talk about it every day for the rest of my life because so many people don't do it. And I think it's such a big missing part of it because people are just like uncomfortable with it. And I get it. And there's a lot of ways that you can kind of like, work around it but it's like I will not allow my dog to be uncomfortable just because I'm scared of telling somebody off I'll literally kick your child (laughs) sorry (laughs) but I will I will literally I'll kick your child I'll kick your dog I will kick you if it means that I'm protecting my dog I don't care I literally don't I've just gotten over all of that because my dog's safety And mental well-being is the most important thing in the world. So, we're going to get into it. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) There's two... I think that there's two ends of the spectrum here that I want to talk about. And I think the first is one that people don't talk a lot about, which is, like, the super friendly lab, Golden Retriever. The dog that you would think that should and could say hi to everybody. So this is Ringo, right? She's a black lab. She's friendly with dogs. She's friendly with people. Like, literally anything that moves, she could and would and can say hi to, right? She can properly greet people. She can prop... Well, she... She's friendly, right? She's a little bit overly friendly, right? She just... She's friendly, She's sociable. 
She wants to say hi to everybody. She wants to be everybody's friends. She has the world's worst FOMO in the world, okay? So the average dog owner would think, well, she should just get to say hi to everybody. So we walk into a Lowe's and anybody that wants to say hi to her should get to say hi to her. And she should be allowed to pull me across the store to go say hi to everybody and every dog. And if she's off leash, she should be allowed to bum rush everybody, blah, 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 okay? So that's the typical lab and golden retriever and whatever. That's the typical owner of Ringo. Luckily, Ringo's owner is my sister, and I said, absolutely the fuck not. I will not have a dog that is like this. She's not my dog, but you know where I'm going with this, okay? So what happens with a dog like Ringo, who is overly friendly, overly socialized, is you can start building reactivity unintentionally, because when they can't get what they want, which is to go say hi to go be social, they start getting frustrated. They start building leash reactivity because there's this barrier for them to get what they want, which is to go say hi, to go be social. And so they start losing their goddamn mind because they're not getting what they want. And their whole lives, they've gotten what they want. They've gotten to go say hi to every single person they've ever seen. They've gotten to go say hi to every single dog that they've seen. And that's where I'm getting these calls. Hey, I've got this 90 pound lab pulling me down the street to go say hi to my 90 year old neighbor. I have this dog who's pulling me everywhere, pulling my arm out of its socket, and I don't know what to do. I have this dog who's losing its mind and screaming at the top of its lungs every single time the wind blows, a leaf flies across the street because it's just so excited that something has moved and it wants to go say hi to it. That's what happens when you allow your dog to go say hi to everyone and everything. Also, not everybody wants to say hi to your dog. I'm really sorry to tell you that, (laughs) but not everybody wants to say hi to your dog. That's just life. I understand that this is a dog training podcast, but not everybody likes dogs. That's just the world that we live in, and that's okay, and we need to respect people's decisions, okay? Just like I don't want you saying hi to my dog, not everybody wants to say hi to your dog, okay? So by allowing your small, tiny, teeny, tiny puppy to say hi to everyone and everything because you're trying to socialize your dog. Now you have this 80 to 90 pound dog who feels entitled to go say hi to everyone and everything, right? So you've unintentionally created a frustration-based reactive dog, and now you have a dog who you can't manage, right? So there's that. Now, because I am a trainer, I knew better, and I did not allow that. Um, but even today, no, Ringo still has that excitement. She's still young. She's still a lab. She's still excited to see people. We still work on her engagement around distractions. But if I do have a moment where I'm just like, she's being good, I'll give her a little treat. She's allowed to like say hi to this person who maybe looks trustworthy. It really increases her energy. And, you know... Sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Like, now, like, she just, like, can't keep it together. Because when your dog's energy rises, their ability to think and therefore make good decisions 
like severely decreases. So it's kind of like every time I like go against my instincts and my better judgment, I regret it because then it's like, okay, I let her say hi to one person a month and then like the next couple weeks I'm like working to retrain her to focus on me when we're out rather than trying to like sniff out and find somebody to like pay attention to her. Also, can I just say that like people are fucking weird. Like, I work out in public a lot, and people are just, like, do you ever just, like, have a conversation with somebody, and you're just like, how have you made it as a human being this long? Like, you're a full-fledged adult. You look like you have a job. You look like a successful human being. How have you managed to be alive this long? Because, oh my god. Like, have you ever talked to somebody about a dog, and you're just like, I don't think you should be around a living creature, because... Oh my God, what are you doing? (laughs) And so it's like, I, if I don't know you and I don't know how you're going to interact with my dog, no thanks. I'm more than happy to like have a conversation with you about how you had a lab 500 years ago, but you don't get to interact with mine. So I don't even want to risk, you know, putting my dog in a situation where they could potentially have a really bad experience with a human because I was just like, sure, you can pet my dog. Maybe you'll be appropriate. But like, I don't know, like people are stupid. So like, what if I was just like, I let my guard down and I let somebody pet my friendly lab. And then that person was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to smack the shit out of your dog. I don't know. Like that could actually happen. Will it? I don't know. People are fucking weird. So what if somebody smacked my precious Ringo and then I had to spend all of this time telling my dog and training her and reassuring her and letting her know that I'm never going to let that happen to you ever again because I fucked up and I allowed that to happen to you. So this is why I don't let Ringo interact with people that I don't know. So that's kind of like the quote-unquote easy dogs, that's why I don't let people fuck around with Ringo. Also, I just, like, love her with every fiber of my soul. And I don't want your, like, dirty, grubby hands on her. I don't know where your hands have been. Don't touch my dog, okay? Let's get into Arlo, who I also love with every fiber of my being. Don't touch him, okay? So Arlo is kind of like the other end of the spectrum. Arlo is an Australian Shepherd. He is just, like, genetically, like, very anxious. He's been anxious since the day that they picked him up from the breeder. He's just like an Aussie. If you've ever met an anxious Aussie, you understand, okay? Um, very stranger shy. Just don't look at him. But, like, he's gorgeous. So everybody wants to look at him. He has one blue eye, one brown eye. So everybody is like, oh my fucking god, I need to be near that dog. Which is really unfortunate, because if you come near him, he will shit his pants. We've worked through that. He won't shit his pants, but he will try to run away. I don't need this dog to run away. I want him near me. Because he's my buddy. He's my pal. Um, so let's talk about how I deal with that. So, Arlo... Arlo has come a really, really long way with his anxiety, with his fear, and with his reactivity. And a lot of time with his fear, he goes into, like 
total flight mode. Like, absolutely, I don't want to be here, so instead I'm just going to run away. Now, he's on a leash, so he cannot run away. And I also don't want him to be in that state of mind. I want him to understand that, hey, I've got your back. I'm not going to let anybody talk to you. I'm not going to let anybody touch you. I am not going to put you in a situation where anything bad is going to happen to you. He's about three or four years old. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like he just had a birthday. Anyway, um, we have spent a lot of time on relationship building, building trust, building his confidence. Um, he is the king of parkour and standing on really weird things. You need to watch my Instagram stories on Thursdays because that's when we do really weird shit with him. But the main thing here is that so much of the trust that Arlo has within me is because I am consistently getting in between him and strangers because he is a gorgeous fucking dog. So people see him. I am just a fucking ghost. People see him and are like, oh my god, look at that beautiful dog. I must go and immediately scoop him up in my arms and take him into my car. And so I step in the way and I say, hi, oh my god, isn't he beautiful? He's so great. Meanwhile, I'm like chucking treats into his mouth, throwing them away and like managing him, talking to his people, telling him, hey, like, don't touch him. I'm doing all these things. I'm working him, talking to these people, whatever. But I am constantly showing him that like, hey, like, I've got this. I've got your back. I'll work you. I'll do something fun with you. I will talk to these people. I will get them away as fast as I possibly can. Or I will talk to them. I will have this conversation and I will do something fun with you at the same time. I'm managing you. I'm managing these people. I will not force you to interact with somebody that you are clearly telling me that you are uncomfortable with them being here. Sometimes there are going to be situations in which you have to interact with somebody, the vet, the groomer, other situations. But when we were in our lows, when we're in our lows, but that's not a sentence. When we are in a lows, when we are at a plant store, when we are walking around the streets, you have no reason to be interacting with these people. You are not paying these people. Uh, that's literally it. You're not paying these people. These people aren't paying you. So there's no reason for these people to be interacting with your dog. There's absolutely no reason. You're more than welcome to have a conversation if you are open to it. But there's no reason for these people to be interacting with, the, with your dog. There's literally no reason. Give me a reason. Convince me. <laughs> literally, I'm sitting here waiting for good reason. To interact with your dog. And if you say socialization, I'm going to tell you right now, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> socialization is not what you think it is, but that is a conversation for a different episode. Um, the thing is, is because I've consistently shown up for Arlo that when people come and approach us, he expects me now to advocate for him. So he does not get into that fight or flight mode. He stays relatively calm. There is definitely still some stress and some panic there, 
but I can work him through it. I can get him to stay calm. And if I get the sense that the person that I am talking to is about to cross my boundaries, about to cross my line, then I just leave. I just walk away. Like, I literally do not care. I have no reason to be talking to you, to be entertaining you. I just walk away. There are so many times where it's like, I will, mid-conversation, somebody's talking to me, and I can just tell that they're going to be annoying. I just walk away. Or I, I will literally say to somebody... Please don't pet my dog. We're training. He's nervous. And they will, like, I don't know why people think that this is a better solution. They will then crouch down and then give him direct eye contact. I, do you think that's a better solution? I don't want you touching my dog. So direct, intense eye contact is better. I, who raised you? Because I would like to have a fucking word. (laughs) Get the fuck away from my dog. <laughs> it's really funny because it's just like, like, thank you for respecting my boundary of not touching my dog. But now I have to tell you to stop staring at my dog, which is just like weird. Like, I think people are getting better about like, not touching dogs and at least asking before approaching my dog. But it's like now I need the world to get on hand about like, don't even look at my dog. I don't even want you acknowledging my dog. I think it would be great if you walked by me and said, Hey, beautiful dog. Thank you so much. Great training. Amazing. I'll take all the credit. <laughs> not my dogs. I have had a hand in these in this training. I'm not really doing all of the work. But thank you so much. Compliment me. Compliment my training. Compliment the dogs. I do not care. Don't fucking look at them. That would be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's uh, it's really frustrating and it's like, I, I know it's my job to educate people, but I am just, I'm just moving along. I'm just doing my best. Anyway, so when you have a dog like Arlo, who is stranger shy, it is literally your job to protect them. So this is where you have to get really comfortable with just saying no, no. And when people do not ask, you literally have to get comfortable with pushing people away, getting, and if you're not comfortable with like being confrontational like that, my favorite fallback is do not say hi, we are training today. People tend to respect the, oh, we're not saying hi today, we're training. For whatever reason, people always think that I'm training him to be a service dog. No, not every dog in training is being a service dog. Like, I'm just training him to, like, be normal in society, okay? But whatever. I don't care what people think as long as you're leaving me the fuck alone, right? So if you're, like, new to advocating for your dog and you are a recovering people pleaser like myself and you're uncomfortable with being confrontational, like... Get a few phrases that you're comfortable saying and start getting comfortable with advocating for your dog because it is an essential part of your training and you need to start getting comfortable with it now. So my favorites are, please don't pet my dog, we're training today. Um, literally just walking away. <laughs> um, honestly, really like the please don't pet my dog, we're training today, I've had the most success with. Um, people don't give me slack for that. I don't know what it is, but people really respect that. 
Um, I also really like leash wraps. Like, I have a, I have one for Arlo that says, don't fucking touch me. That's <laughs> more confrontational, but that's also, like, very my personality. So I'm comfortable with that. There are a lot more that are less confrontational that you can just find online. I just got that on Amazon, and I thought it was funny, so I got it. Um, you can also just, like, perfect your resting bitch face. I don't know what it is. I don't feel like I have a resting bitch face, but people don't tend to approach me in public, which is good when I'm working an adorable dog like Arlo. Not great when I'm trying to market myself in public while I'm working a dog and I want people to approach me while I'm working a dog. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know what, it's so funny because like I wear t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff with my logo on it almost every single day and people never approach me. My mom will go to the grocery store. My mom hates dogs, by the way. My mom will go to the grocery store in one of my t-shirts from like seven years ago and people will be like, are you a dog walker? And she's like, no, but my dog is, a, my, my dog, my daughter is a dog trainer. And they're like, can I have her business card? Like my mom was literally at the Costco gas line and someone was like asking her about her sneakers. And she was like, I got my daughter a pair and she's a dog trainer. And you know what? That person emailed me within five minutes. How did my mom who hates dogs get me a dog training lead? But, like, I'm out every single day. I I'll never understand it. <laughs> but anyway, you can also perfect your resting bitch face so that people don't approach you. I'm just saying, there's a lot of things that you can do to start advocating for your dog. Find a couple phrases <laughs> that you're comfortable with. And, honestly, just get comfortable with being a bitch. That's it. That's my best advice. Get comfortable with being a bitch. Your dog will thank you for it. Uh, like, truly. And are you ever going to see these people ever again? No. It's just like some random idiot in a Home Depot. Who cares? You're going to have to live with your dog for the rest of their life. So, just saying. Some helpful tips from your local idiot podcasting dog trainer. <laughs> All right, I am talking a lot today, so I'm going to end it here. Please don't forget to rate and review. Love you guys forever. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.